in a global industry where anything can happen, where mistakes can cost far more than dollars. One oil and gas sales expert, one HSE professional, and the greatest PPE provider on the planet must come together. Two men, one brand, one mission. Red Wings Oil and Gas HSE podcast with Mark LaCour and Patrick Pister starts now. Hey, this is Patrick Pister, and this is a show for everybody who has an interest in HSE and the oil and gas industry. Brought to you by Red Wing, the leaders in PPE, ensuring your people go home safe every day. I'm flying solo once again as Mark is out of the state right now, but I'm sitting here with Jamie Pascoe, an analyst with Deloitte. Jamie, how are you doing today? I'm good. How are you? Thanks I'm for having me. I'm doing very well. And I, I forgot to mention, we are at the Internet of Things conference here in Houston, Texas. Before we get into why you're here for the conference, you know, can you tell us a little about yourself and how you got to where you are in the industry? Sure. I, uh, it's been a long journey, I know. Yeah, right. <laughs> only only three months. Um, I just graduated college about three and a half months ago. Um, I went to SMU and I studied engineering for both a bachelor's and a master's degree. Kind of went into Deloitte doing consulting because it just made the most sense because I wasn't quite sure what I wanted to do, but I knew I wanted to be involved with technology and technology that was groundbreaking, most importantly. And then I, I got definitely lucky when I got placed into Deloitte and I've been able to be a part of the IoT group since. And why did you come into the oil and gas industry in this market? I mean, <laughs> you know, uh, the solution that I'm sure we'll get to here in a little bit um, that we deal with it can kind of be applied to any industry, and that's kind of what's cool about it. Um, and it definitely does apply to oil and gas. So I wouldn't necessarily say that I'm just in oil and gas. Um, but we do provide our focus in all different areas. But what it could do for oil and gas is yeah. Big. And we've talked with a lot of guests, and it's the ones that have multiple applications. They've drawn things from the nuclear industry or the airlines industry, and being able to apply it to oil and gas is is definitely interesting. How things come together. Right. Right. So before we really jump into why we're here for the conference, you know, tell us about Deloitte and, and, and kind of the solution that we're talking about here today. Okay. So Deloitte is a, a financial services firm, um, but so they do provide accounting tax, things like that. But they do have a consulting division left still. And that consulting division has a technology consulting part broken down into a few different service lines. So I'm in the Deloitte digital service line, which within that there's an IoT group that recently has kicked off within the last few years. Um, it's still up and coming and growing and new things every day, which is definitely fun and exciting. <laughs> so I've gotten to be a part of that since I've been here. Yeah, sorry for our audience. So, so we, we keep saying IoT. IoT is the Internet of Things. Can you tell us a little bit about what does the Internet of Things mean to you, Deloitte, and the industry? I would say it just means the connectivity of the world. I think there's a lot of data that exists out there, uh, but a lot of people don't know how to use it, whether it's because of its the size, the mass size, the, the amount of data that they're gathering, or the way that you can show that it connects to other things around you. And so at least what I would say is Internet of Things is just the connectivity and knowing how everything relates to each other. Yeah, I like how you said that. Uh, my Six Sigma professor, he called it DRIP. Data-rich, yeah. information-poor. So the oil and gas industry and industries in general, we, we collect a lot of data, but it's right. being able to connect the data and apply it to real world. It, that's where the, the information part of things really needs to take another step. Right, right. And I think even a few years ago or whatever, whenever it happened, they were able to figure out how to use data to do analytics in general. But I think it's now applying it and taking it even further, whether it's with virtual reality, augmented reality. So you mentioned something interesting there. You said augmented reality, which is what caught my eye. Obviously, I know who Deloitte is, but right. um, the booth that you had there was somebody wearing a, a headset that, that looked pretty interesting. They were moving their hands and, and doing a few things. So what is augmented reality first off? And then we'll get into more of the specifics of what are y'all doing with it? Um, so augmented reality in general is just the ability to assist somebody with what they're doing. So the assisted reality is just a quick little heads up display, whether it's on a Google Glass or 
any sort of an eye visual. But augmented reality in of itself would be something that actually is overlaying the product and giving you more information about it and showing you how to work with it and interact with it. So it's teaching you more about the product in general um, and actually being able to overlay that with augmented views. So how much information are y'all able to put on the, I look at a a mud pump or a, a valve or something, and it just tells me what it is. What, how much information are you able to put into that? Well, so our solution, we partner with PTC ThingWorks, which has a Vuforia uh, component to it. And so in our solution, if you put that headset on, there's the Vuforia app you can open, which has been built for the asset that we have out there on the floor. And it shows that exact asset in your HoloLens, which is the Microsoft HoloLens, is the augmented reality goggles that we use. And it overlays... They look, they look like big safety glasses. Yes, they do. They're yeah. like you know machinery type. Well, I mean, they're crazy. But they have an overlay augmented view on top of our product. So you have to build them specifically for your product that you're using, but they overlay on top of it and show exactly how to work for it. So for instance, in ours, if it's broken, which we can induce and make happen, then you put the goggles on and it will take you step by step through how to fix it by overlaying the product itself with this augmented view that's saying, well, open this and it has arrows showing you exactly how to open it or take these screws out and it shows you exactly how to do that. And so it's, there's a lot of information. And then at the end, when, once you've fixed it, you can say on the goggle, on the hollow lens, yes, I fixed it. And then it allows you to run another diagnostic to see that it's working again. Um, so we're able to gain Every single piece of information that we have in the PTC ThingWorks platform is also available in that HoloLens. So whatever piece of equipment you have on your facility, mm-hmm. you can import data about that piece of equipment and use the, and yeah, how do you, how does the HoloLens identify the equipment? So there's a Vuforia mark. It looks like a QR code that you can stick on the piece of equipment that allows, it can then scan that Vuforia mark and then be able to pull up whatever asset you're looking at. And then you've got OEM equipment manuals. It's step-by-step. Like you said, it shows you arrows, where to open, where to, where Correct. to touch. Correct. It shows to... you everything. And you, you have to physically do it, but then you click next and it moves through. And another cool part of our solution, at least, it has the, it creates a paper trail. So instead of a technician having to go on paper and hand write everything they did and sign off that they completed it, you just click acknowledge and that starts the paper trail. And then as you click next through every step, it's saying, yes, I've done this. Yes, I've done this. And at the end, when you click complete and the diagnostics show that it's fixed, that's then saying that you've done your job. And then you just have to physically sign it and you're done. So I hope people are listening out there. If you've ever had a problem with or even think you have a problem with pencil whipping, this is a way that <laughs> they can't be done anymore. You right. have to be looking at the piece of equipment while you're doing the maintenance right. for it to register that the steps have been done. Correct. That's very cool. Yes. So we were talking, oh, and I want to clarify, you were talking about a, spe- a specific piece of equipment that you can cause faults in. We're not mm-hmm. talking about going out to, to the job site and causing faults in equipment. This right. is the, the test subject that's in the exhibition hall. Correct. Do you want to tell you more about that piece of yeah, equipment? Yeah, please, please. Okay. So we have a, the solution that I personally work on within Deloitte is called Turnkey IoT. Um, it's essentially IoT in a box. So it's a motor with two rotors, um, which have screw holes, which is how we inevitably will induce that fault. But you can run the motor with or without the screws in, and the data is gathered by the six sensors that are put on it. And those six sensors were procured by National Instruments. And so then is those- Is it looking at RPMs, vibration? Vibration, what, what, what RPM. Type? Those are the two that we measure, but National Instruments has the ability to do more than that. Okay. And other companies as well, I'm sure, but that's just who we use. But So we have modeled it with vibrations and RPMs, but we're currently working on a project measuring pressure and fluid and things of that nature. So, awesome. So then it's passed to a, a little device that converts the, di- the analog readings into digital reads and then sends them to a 
virtual a box with five virtual machines on it that was created by HP called an edge line. Um, and the data is then handled there and eventually through much transformation ends up in PTC Thingworks, the platform that we use that you can then visually see. So that's what, as a user or a customer, that's what they would look at and be able to know that their piece of equipment is in good or bad condition. And then that's when, I guess, if you would like, the augmented reality side comes into it and you can then go fix that piece of equipment. So there's a lot of different pieces. You've got the augmented reality, you've got the sensors, you've got the software that's putting it all together. Mm -hmm. Where does Deloitte come in? Are y'all spearheading the campaign? Did you bring all these companies together? Are you just a piece that somebody else decided this was a good idea? How has this been built up? I think... So I wasn't around for the kickoff of this solution in of itself. So this solution was built by PTC, National Instruments, HP, and then Deloitte. And I think the biggest part that we play is the implementation side and the integration and leading the project from a management perspective. Obviously, we don't provide any hardware or software to the project itself, but we do allow for the integration of the pieces and we ensure that the project, more like the face-to-face person with the company who allows that who can ensure that we're moving forward in the right direction and it's going to be implemented on time and all the pieces are coming together and are working as they're supposed to. Actually solving the problem. All these components do one thing, but Lloyd's there to find out what the problem is and right. provide the solution. Correct. Getting into this predictive maintenance. So is this just helping the technician in the field complete a PM quicker, safer, more efficiently? Or are there greater applications? So there's greater applications. So from the analytics perspective, one of the virtual machines on there, we're using the PTC analytics. But there's a lot of analytics providers out there that are doing more than just analytics. um, And they can go into machine learning type of things. So I think one of the other benefits of the solution is not just to say that there's something going on, but it's the ability to predict that something will happen. So not just, oh, you know, it's running too high, there's an issue, but to know that as the vibrations have started to increase over the last six weeks, you're going to have a major issue that's going to cause your equipment to go down within the next six weeks. So it's that predictive, like you said, predictive maintenance side that allows you to not just know the issue, but to be aware of when it's coming up. So then your machine never has to go down. Um, It it doesn't take as long to repair because it's not as broken as it would have been. Things of that nature, it really provides a business positive solution for their company. And how are you building those predictive models? Are these based off of engineering models that with, you know, a certain amount of vibration, it should result in failure? Right. Is it historical information? It's but, historical data. Okay. Um, well, and, and where are you getting that from? Because we in the oil field, we don't collect historical data. Or we do, it's on a spreadsheet in someone's computer and has never been used for anything useful. So we could just start collecting on our own and build it over time and wait until it breaks and then start to build it. Um, or we just pull from old repositories. So we would have to put the sensors in and start collecting the data that we need if they did not already exist. Um, but like one of the implementations we're doing right now, they have a historical data repository. So we're pulling from that to build their models. The one that we personally have here, we ran in both states, in a good state and in a bad state. And then we build our own analytics model around that. So there's a couple different ways you can go about making that baseline measurement for when it is and isn't an issue. Um, you can also set manually thresholds for the different sensors so you could know that if it's reaching that and that kind of takes the predictive side out of it but at least tells you there there's a potential for issue coming up if it's raising reaching that so is your primary client is it going to be the oems the ones manufacturing the equipment that you're going to you know put into place first or are you dealing with the operators of the equipment be that service companies or, or contractors uh mainly doing the retrofitting to equipment that already exists so you would i would say at least now if we wouldn't go and buy the equipment with the sensors already installed on it it's a place that maybe has been running for you know 80 90 years or 50 60 years and they have equipment that they would like to be able to track that way so we go and we can put the sensors on whatever piece of equipment that is so we mainly tag 
target the operator side of the business. Okay. I actually just spoke with, uh, with a buddy from Transocean who gave a speech earlier today uh, talking about predictive analytics, and he says they're getting more data, and I'm not sure exactly what they're using to track it, but so they're getting more useful data than the OEMs actually have. So the manufacturers mm-hmm. are putting equipment out there, but Transocean has more information about that equipment's failure rate, maintenance record, everything they need to know as soon as it goes into service, and even their old equipment that they're getting replacement right. parts for, which it's pretty amazing that the equipment operators know more about the equipment than the ones that are actually manufacturing Right, it's it. incredible kind of insights. Just what we're doing right now has allowed us to gain, and I can only imagine where it's going to continue to go. So where is it going to go? Where, 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 so you've got, a, you've got the, the test model, and is this currently out in the field right now? We're currently working on our first big implementation. It's called Refinery of the Future. Refinery of the Future? Refinery of the Future, yes. It's a, the, big, the big name. You can Google it. You can research it. There's a lot of cool videos. Is there a, a ride cool at Disneyland where you can walk through? <laughs> there might be someday <laughs> if it keeps going this way. But yeah, it's, you know, it's public knowledge. You can go out there and look at it. And it's based out of Texmark, a small chemical manufacturing company here in Houston. It's, it's itty-bitty. There's only 53 people that work there. <laughs> Maybe I'm wrong on that, but a a small (laughs) number of people that work there. It's been up and running and doing this business for a lot of years, and they just, they're honestly very excited. It was so cool. We had a meeting with them uh, this past week to hear how excited they are for what we're doing. And being that it's the quote unquote refinery of the future, they also have allowed, if you want to come see what we're doing, you can schedule a tour and you can walk through the refinery and see how we're implementing the solution. And inevitably, once it's all completed and successful within the next 10 weeks or so, be able to see it actually in action and look at their dashboards and see what it's showing them. And, you know, we got to meet with some of the operators that are there at that plant just to hear how, I don't want to say old school, but at least to me, kind of old school, they how they do their jobs and the dashboards they look at are just very <laughs> plain, in, in my opinion, at least. But um, being able to converse with them about what we're doing for them and how excited they are for how much easier their lives are going to be, I think it's it's really amazing. It's funny, my co-host Mark and I, we joke all the time, if you can have the most sophisticated back-end technology to sell to oil and gas, you just need to put it with an Excel face, and that's the <laughs> that's the integration that, that the oil field wants to see, we're comfortable with, don't get too fancy, okay. but it can be the most advanced, behind the scenes, right. whatever, I just need to see it in Excel. Give me a well, spreadsheet. Keep that in mind when we make these dashboards here pretty soon. <laughs> the refinery of the future. How futuristic is it right now? How many pieces of equipment have the uh, the QR codes, or oh, sorry, what are they called? View marks. The view marks. How many how many pieces of equipment have the view marks that you can use the augmented reality that's doing the predictive maintenance, or is it just one piece in the office and somebody points at it? That's that's our that's our refinery of the future. So we well we just the this is the third part of this project. This refinery of the future project has been ongoing for I think the past two years or so. So it's been an ongoing project, but the actual implementation technically kicked off this week. So at this point, none. Wow. <laughs> Within the, if I talk to you again in 10 weeks, I would have a different answer. But at this point, none. And um, we're starting with two pumps and then hope to build from there. Okay. You've got this refinery of the future. You're starting out with two pumps. And we just started this week, so I can't really get into much detail about right. how's it going. And, right. uh, but beyond that, once you have proof of concept and it's successful, what is, I guess, what is the next benchmark? Is it just adding more to that system or is it doing something completely different that's going to accompany this? I think it would be adding more. I mean, and, and don't quote me on that moving forwards, but I think the goal is to then if, if it works and they see the business impact of what they've spent and put into this refinery of the future and they can see that it's going somewhere, um, then they would like to include this solution on many more pieces on their refinery floor so that then they and are able to manage all of their assets and not just two of them. You know, use the term neuro network. Is that what you're trying to develop? A neuro, neuro <laughs> sure. network of valves that talk to each other. And, right, right. And you, um, yeah, you can see them all and know what's going on. And yeah. I've heard a, a joke a long time ago, the rig of the future is going to have a man and the dog on it and the dog's there to keep the man from touching anything. <laughs> <laughs> right. 
Um, so this is really cool, and I wish our audience could see. Do y'all have any links to the augmented reality with the, that show what, what you're... We don't. I personally have a video, but we don't have a public view of that. Microsoft HoloLens, though, I'm sure um, okay. if you looked into that or just in P- into PTC Vuforia, I haven't personally done that, but I'm sure you could find things online that show at least what that holographic look through that goggle is. Yeah, and, and y'all are going to do more of these conference internet things and other things oh, to, yeah. to start showcasing. We ship our IoT in a box all over the country. Okay. We travel with it and we give demos wherever needed. So. Awesome. Well, I know um, the podcast is going to have to travel to this rig of the future sometimes yes. soon if they're giving tours. That's, yes, uh, Finding the Future. Yeah, you'll have to come Sorry, Refinery of the Future. I keep <laughs> yeah. saying rig of the future. Yeah, Refinery of the Future. Sorry, it's, it's my background. It's where I come from. <laughs> so that brings us to our Red Wing safety tip of the week. We always give it to our guests. So, yeah, I know you're new to the industry, but if you have any piece of advice that you could impart to the older guys, the younger guys, somebody just coming into the industry, or girls, and you know, not to <laughs> yeah, don't discriminate. That's right. <laughs> no, uh, sure. Yeah, any tip that you would have to make somebody safer out in the field? Yeah, sure. Especially when it comes to our piece of equipment. Although, um, especially when you're looking at the augmented reality, even though it's telling you what to do and you can click next virtually, you still have to physically do it. And so, just always ensure that do in total what it's telling you before you move on to the next step because you don't want a motor running when the lid isn't shut tight enough. That's a very good point. And, and, you know, it's usually with a piece of paper, you just flip to the next page and you don't do it. But now this is technology helping you. So uh, hopefully it's more in your face that you're skipping a step. But that's a good, good tip. Thank you. That brings us to our Red Wing Offshore Bag Winner of the Week. And this week's winner is John Kennedy. John Kennedy works for Watson Farm and Timber Company. John is actually the owner of Watson Farm and Timber Company. Congratulations, John, for winning this awesome Red Wing offshore bag. If you want to rig, I'll show you what it is. That's the bag. That's that's what it looks like. You can that's enter cool. to win. Yeah. Um, if you want to win one of your awesome, your own awesome offshore bags, there's no purchase necessary. See official site for rules and details at redwingshoes.com forward slash podcast. Redwingshoes.com forward slash podcast. We draw one lucky winner a week. And it could be you. I'll have to tune into that one. That's right. You should enter. Yeah. <laughs> I will. <laughs> um, so we are actually here at the Internet of Things Conference in Houston, Texas. And our travel is made possible by our travel sponsors, who are Total Land. Total Land is the world's most advanced field land management system. The Landman's virtual office. You can check them out at TotalLand.com. And also Lee Hecht Harrison at LHH.com. Lee Hecht Harrison is the global expert in talent, talent management. LHH is currently helping 75% of Fortune 500 companies simplify the complexity of leadership and workforce transformation. For more information about the Oil & Gas HSE podcast, you can go to oilandgashsc.com or check us out in our LinkedIn group. That is uh, the OGGN, the Oil & Gas Global Network. Jamie, you should join up with the network on LinkedIn. I will do that. Uh, We share the podcast. We share information there. Um, It's, you know, spam-free. We let people talk about their products and services, but as long as you don't try and and be too salesy, it's uh, (laughs) it's all right. And I appreciate you coming on and and talking about Deloitte and predictive maintenance and the, the... refinery of the future and everything this is uh it's been great so if people want to find out more information about you personally where can they go i'm on linkedin LinkedIn. so you find me there probably the best place to go for now at least okay and we'll put a link in the show notes to your profile and uh so if people want to know more about deloitte and what your division's uh specifically doing where can they go deloitte.com and just search for us in iot iot yes perfect all right well thank you for taking the time and uh that's that's all we got i appreciate it thank you patrick all right thanks Tune in next week for another exciting episode of Red Wings Oil and Gas HSE Podcast, a production of the Global Oil and Gas Network.
Learn more from Mark LaCour at modalpoint.com. Connect with Patrick Pister at leanoilfield.com. From Houston to London to Dubai and beyond.